Welcome to Creatives Grab Coffee, a podcast where we talk about the business of video production. Well, let's uh, all kind of jump right back into it. Welcome everybody to Creatives Grab Coffee once more, and we welcome back Chris from SVG. The man is Chris back. Is, uh, My goodness, Chris is Good a friend to be of the here, show. guys. Good to be here. I wish we could have uh, celebrated over the holidays. <clears throat> That party, that was a tough one to call off, but uh, I'm certain we're going to get it in, in like June or something. Yeah, know, I, with, I remember I remember that day you were just uh, like the email you sent off. Uh, it was almost like it, I could tell how defeated you felt sending that email out is like, no, we can't be canceling it. Why? But we have to just in case. Like I felt <laughs> the pain, man. I felt it. Yeah, like it was, yeah, because that was like two years in a row that we've had to call it off. And yeah, it was tough because, you know, no, nobody had like called me or emailed me to cancel. Like everybody was pretty stoked about it. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to do uh, the responsible thing as a business owner. So it, it was and, uh, you know, don't worry, we'll get it in, fellas. Oh, for sure. Hey, that that Zoom call we did in the evening, though, that was that was hella fun. And we all surprised you, too. Yeah, you were yeah. like, oh, no, something's happening. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, my wife, she went down to like go get, get her computer from the basement, popped up. I probably already had a few drinks at that point. So because uh, I was feeling pretty low, you know, not to see everybody. Uh, but no, that was a great surprise. And it's nice to see you guys on that. So appreciate it. Yeah, it was no nice worries. to be invited. We were, we kind of weren't expecting, but hey, it was pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. We got to do we got to do at least something together in person. Uh, you know, hopefully soon. You know, when the weather is a little less snowy like it is right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, how are you guys doing? We're doing good. Um, I was actually gonna segue into like what you've been up to since we last spoke to you because we we spoke back in end of 2020 or something <clears throat> like that, right? It's been like yeah. a full full year, full year. Lots happened yeah. on our end. Like um, we were talking about it on our first episode back about how we started focusing a lot on our marketing, our advertising, our SEO. And as a result <laughs> of that, we started getting a lot more consistent work. And that was that was really, really nice. So this year we're just doubling down on that. Like, like we were saying before, we just, uh, we spent, after we did the show in 2020, we kind of, got a good idea of how to lay the foundations for a business so then 2021 was just you know bricklaying that yes. that foundation you know <laughs> and you know what man like it never it never stops like as entrepreneurs you kind of just you're always building like a new skill set each year so you know when sure. you figure out search marketing and then it's seo and then maybe it's social or content uh then it's like digging into your accounting, like knowing where all the money's going and what's bringing you an ROI and what's not. And so, you know, you just build that skill, just like same as a filmmaker, right? You get a little bit better at maybe sort of every task um, on set. And so, yeah, you just get a little bit more knowledgeable each year, which uh, that's how you grow a business. Yeah. Like we remember, yeah, the- I remember we mentioned before that like uh, in 2020, because we had all that time of no work, we got, we got the chance to really reflect on the business. And then after, you know, like uh, meeting and talking with so many different people, we started to realize where there were uh, gaps in the business. And that's what we kind of focused on over the last year. And wouldn't you know it, 2021, our most successful year to date, which uh, kind of shocked us, but you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, I do think there's going to be more and more demand for, for good quality content, but I saw you guys kind of, you know, I wouldn't say pivot, but like reposition again, that you're experts solving problems. Video is what you do, but problems, mm -hmm. you're there to solve problems, right? Business problems. So um, exactly. kudos to you on that. That's, that's, once I figured that inside out a few years ago with things have, you know, really been different. It just clicks, right? Like, um, and like you said, like, uh, like it's been like such a crazy shift in the year. You know, you've gotten even a lot, uh, a lot busier than when we last spoke as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's like every time uh, I talk to you on the phone, you're saying, "Oh, uh, yeah, we were just getting back from Mexico. We're just getting back from this place. You know, this yeah. guy's gone international now too." <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we were in Mexico uh like 10 days ago we're in vegas next week we're in arizona shortly after that uh That's it's amazing like, it's good it's i will say though traveling especially like above board right so we carnail our gear yeah. um like so mexico was really interesting it was down in um cabo but it was a pretty like high gloss like lifestyle sort of piece mm -hmm. of content a lot of it and so um we were hoping to just bring our uh, bring a few crew down, rent most of our gear down there, and hire some local crew. And after doing the deepest search imaginable, there wasn't really any qualified crew down there. They were all on a oh, Netflix really? show that was uh, shooting in Cabo called F Boy Island. So there was no gear, <laughs> there was no crew. So we we had to fly in everything, and so like lights, stands. Wow. Um, extension cords like you name it so that was a it's, that's so stressful you know and yeah. the funny thing is i remember early on when we first started doing video we weren't too we didn't know too much about like the rules and like what we needed to do if we needed to like travel for, for we just knew we couldn't purposes. do it for sure the way we were doing it well <laughs> at the beginning we, we were still we, we still didn't realize that we whether we could or no couldn't. no we but knew it was wrong we're is, like let's just try to get away with it <laughs> yeah but this was early on though this was like seven eight years. oh for sure yeah like my first few years for first few years first many years were done <laughs> that way as well just sort of going we're, as a as a, well, i'd say we, we declare business but we wouldn't you know claim our you know we wouldn't carnet our gear again it was like dslrs and, and yeah. stuff like that back then so it wasn't it, it's it's just crazy to know like uh like you really realize how much stuff you need when you start to travel somewhere where it's like you know usually when you're going to a shoot here uh, that is locally you know you kind of throw everything in the car or and then you just bring everything with you and then once you need to go to a shoot it's like okay do I need to bring this? Because if I have to bring this and this, I have to then get an extra bag or two to bring it over. But yes. to, the funny thing is, though, early on, we used to use this very terrible uh, suitcase to travel with all of our gear. And this was like, you know, when we were maybe one or, this, oh, yeah, <laughs> one or two years into, into shooting. And we went to Houston for a shoot. And a funny thing happened when we arrived uh, at the airport. Uh, Dario, at one point while we were waiting for the luggage, he points over to a uh, luggage in the, in the corner saying like, Oh, look at that poor guy over there. He has that suitcase busted wide open. And there's, it was in a, it was in a, it was in a cardboard box. I was like, look at that poor guy. I feel so bad for him because it was on the conveyor belt. Right. And Carol's not laughing. He's just, he's just <laughs> staring at it. And he just slowly starts walking towards it <laughs> it's just open with all the tripods and uh, light stands and everything in there with like a tsa form that says like this has been inspected for further uh because no no it wasn't of... even 
it wasn't even that like the the zipper had just ripped oh open. yeah yeah the zipper <laughs> just busted wide open yeah but oh, yeah. you know ever since that we know we realized how stressful it is to like to go about like traveling for projects and things like that so like whenever possible we try to like uh bring on board you know like remote or local crews yeah um That's otherwise for sure travel travel's a lot more difficult especially to like adding the expenses of like having to get all of our COVID tests to come back. Like we had, a, uh, you yeah. know, that was, what about the quarantining? Did you have to quarantine or anything like that? Or didn't need to quarantine. Um, well, it so when we got back, they were doing like random <laughs> tests at Pearson. And so there was uh, five of us and we all got randomly selected. So um, <laughs> I guess technically we had to, to stay at home until we got our negative right. result. Which I think it took like three days. It was pretty quick, but uh, three days. Wow, that's that actually yeah, that's seems kind of long, uh, to be honest. From what I, uh, unless it depends on the test that you guys took, but it was yeah. a, I believe, it was a PCR test. So we had we had to show a negative test to get on the plane, right, in Mexico to come back to Toronto, and then uh, we got randomly selected at Pearson to, to double down. Yeah, that, that's why that's just such a stressful. Uh, thing especially now so like uh, i think we had like maybe one inquiry about us going over to the states um for just like one or two days and then we were just like no 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 the amount of Ah, it's not worth it the the amount of like pain and effort that it would take to kind of do that it's like no if you guys want let's let's find like some remote crews and then let's just kind of work with them based direct them direct them through zoom or something that's the easiest solution i mean we could have gone there but it's like it's gonna cost a lot more so i don't know if you want to do it yeah and you and you honestly can't even really charge the client for all of the time you're going to spend in prep and your travel days and it it makes it like prohibitively expensive for them and that's then you're not delivering the value that they like and it's yeah it 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 leaves nobody feeling great have you uh done a lot uh a lot or or a few shoots where you've hired remote crews and you've just directed like remotely yeah, yeah. We did a big project last year where we had remote crews in like five or six different U.S. cities. Um, most of them, it was collecting B-roll, but when it's like interview stuff, usually we'll, we'll direct that via Zoom. Um, it just, it helps the client feel more comfortable knowing that, you know, because we know their brand and their <laughs> messages and things like yeah. that, and then hire a local crew to, to, to execute that. So yeah, that sounds similar to what we, we, what we were going to be doing. How did you go about like hiring the crews? Like, did you go like, just find like a freelancer and then see if they need, like knew other people that could help out? Or did you go and hire like a production company down there? We've, we've done it both ways. Um, we, we've hired sort of uh, small production companies uh, and some freelancers. And it just depends on like what the case was but we mm-hmm. find that if it's if it's b-roll finding a great like a, a great dp um is is usually like every major u.s city has a lot of them and mm-hmm. you know make sure we just check their references and that their work looks good and that the stuff on their portfolio is actually their work because you know <laughs> you never know when you look at somebody's really sometimes you have to ask them okay did, did you shoot this did you cut it did you color it like what was your role in right so just yeah asking all those questions up front but yeah it, it's worked out and in fact um we're working on something where we're gonna have to hire some european crews uh to, to like repeat an exact uh like frame that we that we're shooting in toronto next week so 
Um, yeah, it's, we've got a little bit of time to solve that problem, but that, that'll be interesting. It's funny. Like sometimes it almost seems like if you're trying to exactly replicate uh, something like detail for detail, but like in another, in another country for someone else to do is much harder than just to kind of give them general direction to deliver something that's yeah. still high quality, but <laughs> even though it's a little different, but it's like, no, no, it has to be exactly the same. The, the yeah. light has to be right at that angle with this softbox, with this. At like 58% and it's, uh, we're going <laughs> with daylight today. And yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it is a lot more. Yeah. It, so we're going to really like document you know, do a, do a setup of our lighting grid. What does it look like? What's the intensity? Of course, they're going to have to adjust on the fly yeah. um, overseas, but if you hire good people, they're going to make it look good. Of course. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's that's just, the hardest part though. Just being able to find the right people yeah. for it. I feel like it's like, it's tricky enough when, when, when it's in your own hometown, but then abroad, it's like, Ooh, you got to put a little bit of faith in that. eh? You have to put faith and and it's like a full-time job finding find that time, especially with like time differences and getting on, yeah. you know, getting everybody on board, but uh, good problems to have, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's funny though, with like, when it comes to finding talent, as you mentioned, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell, you know, like what level of quality of work they might have, because like uh, we've, we've done the same where we've looked for different kinds of like shooters, editors and everything. And it's really hard to kind of uh, get a good sense of uh, their work. Yeah. I found that the best way is just, you know, like, you know, see who you can find is like the best possible option. And then you learn as you do more projects with them, yeah. you know, it's, you never can really tell a hundred percent what someone will deliver for you unless you actually start to work with them. That's what I've learned at least or, or seen. Cause it's, it, it changes. It varies drastically. There've been times where we've worked with DPs where like their portfolio looked amazing. And then we put them on like a very simple corporate shoot and the work that they delivered for us was it just wasn't up to par compared to yeah. what they had on their portfolio. So it's, I, I really think it's because sometimes we, we expected them to kind of do the role that we do. Cause when we're on set, <clears throat> we're also, and we're shooting, we're also directing and producing it mm -hmm. versus like, if someone's just strictly a DP, <clears throat> you can't really expect them to have no. like yeah. the vision for the project. Right. Cause they're not in the whole process from beginning to end. Right. Yeah. There's definitely 100%. variables like that. There's definitely variables like that. Uh, but that's why direction is very key and you have to really communicate. And that's another thing we've learned, you know, working with talent is that keeping communication like constantly and then and, and thoroughly with them just to make sure that, you know, everything is done exactly to the vision, right? Yeah. And if they're dealing with clients on your behalf as well, like that's something <laughs> you really need to think through is like client management, client relationships over there. It's always best if that client has some sort of, you know, boots on the ground, some sort of liaison that can help you because yeah. um, the last thing you want to do is send somebody who can shoot a great frame, but maybe they don't know how to talk. Doesn't have the the social or personal skills to maybe you know deal with like a C suite executive. Uh, yeah. So the one the one good thing about liaisons is that they can let you know sometimes what you can and can't shoot on at these locations, yeah. and that's like the biggest thing because yeah there have been times where like we've come go on, gone on and it's like we we film stuff and then luckily we had liaisons who said oh that looks great but can you try to avoid that thing that's on the wall because we can't show that in the yeah. video it's like okay thank you for letting us know now we can just yeah. reframe and readjust that's why you always that. need at least a producer a producer <clears throat> and ndp is like the yeah. smallest you could ever make a video team right 
Absolutely. Very bare bones. And that's, yeah. that's the most bare bones you could really get. Yeah. We'll, we'll do our barest bones will be like a three person. It'll be like a DP, a producer, and like a PA who, yeah. Can, yeah. who can also do a bit of swing or maybe run a bit of sound, you know, carry lots of gear, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so Chris, in the, in the year since you've been on this show, tell us a bit about what you've been up to. Yeah. Um, well, similar to you guys last year was our, our busiest year yet as well. Um, I feel like we never had a, like a moment to even breathe really. It was kind of, it was a lot of bigger projects that came with really short timelines. So it was like lots of scrambling and it felt like it was constant fire drills, but um, we managed to pull it off. We, we grew our team. We're, uh, we're five full time now. Um, yeah, so it's been great. And you guys, I, I know you guys have met Rachel, who is our producer and we've hired now we have two full time editors. Uh, and we did hire uh, like a senior account manager now, which has really helped us get things going very aggressively this year so far, just having somebody that can reach out to new leads. Um, and maintain client relationships when we're on set like we were on set the last uh, two days okay. for example and you know everything is still getting done in the background which uh you know it was a bit of a risk to hire that position but uh i knew we had to because we were being too slow on getting proposals back and you know we, we just yeah which which was a huge problem because sometimes you know first one first one to respond wins the project not always, but sometimes. And the one we shot yesterday, um, we got the lead when we were down in Mexico. And had it been a year ago, it would have taken us a week, two weeks to get that proposal done. And instead, it was done in two days. And so we ended up winning the project. Uh, nice. And, yeah, we shot it yesterday. So, or two days, or the last two days. Yeah. And I think the more and more you do these types of, uh, proposals and briefs, you know, yeah, I usually might take like a week or two, but once you have also someone who's dedicated to it and you guys have churned out as many as you have, it becomes a lot easier and easier. I feel like every time Dara and I go through a brief or a proposal, just every single one, it's better and better than the last. And yeah. it's just, it's just that process of, of going through to the point where, yeah, like you said, it can be done in one or two days if, if you know what you're doing. Yeah. And if you ask the right questions up front and again, like each, like you exactly your point, like those proposals, they're really templated and you're just sort of swapping specific information, but your general stuff all stays the same. And so, um, yeah, it, I think proposals are really good to kind of like, they shouldn't be a surprise when a client gets your proposal, it shouldn't be a surprise. So it should basically be just a sort of rehashing of everything you've discussed in writing. Yeah. And, uh, we, yeah, there should, there we should had, be no surprises. We had uh, Judah from uh, Black White Media come on for as a second guest for uh, the relaunch. And he actually mentioned that uh, upping his proposal game was the thing that made the biggest difference for his business. He said as soon as he like just focused on that and made like some really solid proposals, it, it just uh, he started closing down much uh, like way more projects than before and it's something that we've started to notice too because like our proposal get our proposals are get are good like they, they i mean they're never perfect right but that's yeah. that's one thing we're really going to focus on this year is really just upping the quality of them and 
Yeah, it's uh, I think one thing we probably didn't do a lot in the past is try to see it through like the client's eyes. Yeah. yeah. Like if they're looking at this, what would they want to like see and what do they need to understand? Right. Because Kirill said something interesting uh, the other month about that, about how uh, the proposals really need to be able to convey your pitch really well, because essentially they're just going to pass that on to their superiors. Right. Because yeah. They're not going to be able to sell you as well as, because again, when, once you're dealing with a client, they still need to go to their uh, upper level yeah. management and yeah. sell you to them, right? Yeah. And they can't do it by <laughs> word of mouth or through like the emails yeah. as well as you could do it. So you kind of yes. need to use your proposal so that they could just fire it up the pipeline and hopefully it gets you through. That it's, was a wild re true. revelation. That was such a wild revelation I, when I when I thought about it. It's like because it's almost like a game of broken telephone, almost right. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, like say say Chris, like you're you're pitching to the contact at this one company, you give the best pitch of your life, yeah. and they yeah. might remember three <laughs> key <laughs> details or like talking points or like, but they won't be able to convey your energy and passion. You know, for yeah. like maybe the brief or the idea that you had, because the idea could be great, you know, but it's only great because you are the one behind that idea pushing it, right? Whereas they take that, they go to their higher ups, it's like, so this is the project, this is this is the idea, and then this is the budget, and then the higher up might be like, oh, I don't like the budget, you know, let's move on to something else. It's just, like, Absolutely. It's, it's crazy how, like, I think people don't realize that, it's like, in business, broken telephone is a real problem. <laughs> yeah, 100%, and so we, I mean, I think we started doing this a couple of years ago, but the very first thing we put in all of our proposals is like, the first thing is challenge. What is their challenge, right? What exactly do they need to solve? And maybe it's a few things. It needs to be, you know, we need to tell this story. We need to deliver these messages. And, uh, you know, the experience needs to be seamless and white glove. And then the next block is like solution, how we're going to solve that problem. Uh, one thing though, and again, though, you got to have resources to be able to do this or, or time, but uh, we now will no longer send proposals just to somebody's inbox. They have to be presented to at least that uh, gatekeeper, but ideally the decision maker. Um, and you're going to get a lot more like, sorry, no, like not interested, just send yeah. us the proposal. But we've really kind of held our ground on that. And it's been it's been really effective because then, you know, when you're taking whomever through that proposal, you're kind of answering all of their questions. You're basically showing them that we've considered everything and that it's mm -hmm. like their project is handled. And I think um, if you're dealing with a gatekeeper that's taking it to their to, you know, to somebody higher up, a decision maker. In a lot of cases, if it's a big project, they'll feel like their job or their, um, you know, you know, their image is on the line. So they want to make sure that you have it handled so that they can present you to, you know, whomever. Wait, wait. So how, how do you deal with that? So do you have like uh, the proposal uh, presentation with them? And then after that, you have it with their gatekeeper as well or so we, we, we try to not, um, we, we, we try to only have the sec, so we'll have a, a briefing first. So with, usually it's the gatekeeper. Okay, what exactly do you need? 
asking a lot of questions. Okay, great. Here's what I heard you say. Um, this is what you need. This is when you need it. This is approximately your budget. Um, then we prepare a proposal and then we then try to set up a second meeting with that person and the decision maker. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, I see. Yeah, we really try to get the decision maker um, on the line. And the way we we sort of you know sell that through is you know this is obviously a, an important project. We just want to make sure that we understand all of your needs because you know your boss might have different needs or expectations or challenges or know something about this project that you may not. And so that'll oh, I see. Yeah, that'll smart. allow us to then sort of really hear them out. And it honestly leads to better work. Like when everybody, you know, I used to sort of make too many assumptions about, about things and now don't make assumptions anymore. We need to like do a lot of fact finding and get to the bottom of what they actually, what they expect. Yeah, you're becoming more of a consultant almost, right? You're, you're saying uh, you're going through their business problems on a way deeper level and trying to get to the root cause, right? And then trying to find the solution to that. That's the right way to do it. Yeah, for sure. Like video is the medium of how we solve those problems. And the beauty is that we can solve problems at scale, right? So if say if it's a, you know, if it's a, a sales video, now this video becomes a salesperson for their brand, works 24 seven, it doesn't take sick days, it doesn't make a commission, um, it's one of the most valuable pieces of content that their business may ever create. And so I think yeah. sometimes they don't realize how much of an investment some uh, video is, you know, at least earlier. They don't, on, I they don't see it as an investment at all. Though. That's, that's the what thing. I've, I've noticed. Like not all the time. Some do, but not everyone. Very does. Few, and that's very the, few, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, that's why you want to get the decision makers on, especially if they're in a yeah. C-level position those people tend to be growth minded. So at that level, they're, they're not focused on like completing tasks. They're focused on uh, achieving goals. And so they, if they're more growth minded, they can understand now what, where the investment comes in and what's my ROI. So yeah, you, you've just got to get past those gatekeepers to get to those decision makers, which, you know, I don't, I still don't have, you know, the answer to that every time, you know, it's sort of, it's, it's, it's touch and go, but uh, hopefully you get them on, on the horn and sort things out. See, the I've actually started sometimes... referring to, oh, sorry, go ahead, Kirill. Yeah, there's just just one last point to this is like sometimes the the problem is so much is like you 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 don't realize which gatekeeper you're with at the moment. Sometimes you're at the first there's gatekeeper, multiple. then there's a second, and then a third. <laughs> <laughs> and afford, you know? so it's How do you deal with it in that situation when there's like more yeah. than one person that's gatekeeping it? What do you do then? Yeah, good question. Broken telephone. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it, is, it is a lot of broken telephone. I mean, we, we'll still try to get everybody um, on board or we'll say, listen, until everybody can get on the same page, it's not, you know, it's not useful for anybody's time. Because... Um, yeah, like we've been burned by that a lot of times where we've gone down, we've gone up the chain and we think like we've, and at this point you spent on something like that, what days, if not weeks on a proposal and uh, you get to the very, the final boss and 
game over, right? It's sort of like, oh, no, or, or this project is not happening, or it's on hold, or on hold, we've gone that one. That one is my favorite one. It's like, uh, let's circle back on this in a few months time. And then that's it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But our, you know, adding our account manager, Samantha, like, she, like, she's really good at getting to the bottom of it. And letting the you know letting the gatekeeper know that saying listen we're, we're not going to present a proposal until we can actually speak to someone because um we, we don't want to waste your time but we also don't want to waste our time yeah I, I like that a lot because you're essentially just vetting them right well one thing yes. we started to notice is that uh after we started implementing all the seo groundwork and all the the, the google adwords we started to get more leads flowing in which was really cool at first because it's like it started with i think it started early july i was like y'all we're getting yeah. like consistently like it was like three a week then but it I was like getting, we were getting I was like that's not bad yeah it wasn't bad right and it started to build up to more <clears throat> and then i remember back in november i just sat down and i made an excel file and i listed all the people that reached out yeah and then i realized wait a lot of this was just like garbage leads that were coming in right yeah. so like what we did after that because i was like like okay we're getting we're getting people like submitting and you know clicking on our ads but it's like it's junk right so not quality leads that's not quality leads yeah so then after that we started implementing some other things to vet them right so on our website we um uh for example for the budget before we had um don't know as an option and then we're like wait a minute let's just get rid of that entirely i need you to you need to know how much money you have for this thing so we set it at a certain amount from that and then this year we raised it because we're like people we were getting it's like look you want like ten thousand dollars worth of work for like three that's not gonna happen it's like that picture of the horse where you start off really well (laughs) before before we move forward though i just want to quickly ask chris what is probably one of the most standout kind of leads that came in that didn't pan out but i'm just because we all have funny your 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 funniest your funniest or strangest one yeah that didn't pan out well I've made this mistake so many times and I still make it where um, a lead will come in and I'll get really excited about like, I'll have a big idea. And instead of just making a proposal and I've, I've done this up to up until a few months ago, I'll, I've actually written out and storyboarded full campaigns at like the proposal stage. Um, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like full, full blown. Uh, and I would say more often than not, it hasn't worked out in our favor that either didn't do the project or they went with somebody else, either less expensive or whatever. But, um, I also think too, like subconsciously, they've got to be thinking like, wow, like even if the idea was amazing, they're, they've got to be thinking, wow, like these guys did all of this work for free. Do they not like it? If they've done it for free, it doesn't have value. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And no, that so, was- yeah, there, there was one, it was for a company that makes um, satellites. And oh, wow. so I had this like, like sort of brain flash moment where I was like, I'm going to, I, I won't say the idea because I still want to make it for somebody else, but it's a great idea. <laughs> I, 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 I wrote the whole script. I storyboarded the whole thing and I even what? presented it to music 
so that they could like get the get the feeling of it and uh yeah they, they went another direction that that one still stings me to Ooh. this day for sure but you know what you did you sh- you were the peacock that showed all the feathers and they, they were not interested at that moment you know you know what it's like in, in those romance movies where the protagonist like professes his love and everything and it's all majestic and the girl's like yeah i uh, i have a boyfriend yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it was right there yeah. Yeah. And I, and at that point I got too into the idea and didn't, again, didn't ask those tough questions, which were like, if I present you something at this budget, is that an automatic? No. Right. Things like you that. have a boyfriend. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you forgot to ask the most basic one. I know. I know. <laughs> and so, yeah. And that's why like, it's been so important to add people to our team that, um, that won't allow that to happen anymore and so yeah no no creative work until until we're doing business together right we, exactly we have That's, two we did we that have two funny stories we have two funny stories carol tell them tell them the soccer guy that called us that called you because you had the funniest response to that guy <laughs> the funniest most unintentional response to that guy. It, it was it was it was such an innocent thing though because it's like it's a guy who didn't really know but he basically was calling and asking for like a videographer to come in to um to come into to like film a game a soccer game right and the funny thing is though like a lot of these leads uh they don't introduce themselves that's the one thing that keeps kept throwing me off sometimes where i'm like hi it's carol uh, it's carol on the phone like who am i talking to and then it would just go off and then like after like a minute i'd be like sorry what's your name yeah (laughs) but anyway on this call he uh he was telling me like what he needed and i asked him like what the budget is it's like oh like uh i think i could we could probably pay like 50 or 60 dollars or something like that 50 or 60 dollars yeah <laughs> and i'm like oh you, you probably best bet is to find the student <laughs> like at ryerson They're like you go to ryerson he's like yeah it's like okay go to the film program and talk to student. <laughs> oh I, I, I was just i was just listening to him i didn't it wasn't on speaker so i just I heard this yeah you should probably just go find a student maybe 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 they might do it it just sounded so funny from my end <laughs> for sure and you know what, like we, we get those all the time as well. And we, we'll, we'll, if the lead looks like at least, okay, we'll, we'll set up a call. And then if we're, if we're not a good fit, we'll tell them immediately. Um, exactly. But we'll still, still try and still try to provide some value yeah, for yeah, them, where you can find a solution or what I would do, or, you know, refer, refer the project to someone else, you know, stuff like that. That's a, that's exactly what I was where I was going with with that call. It's like, you know, like immediately I wanted to figure out like if this was something we can help them help him with. And when he told me what he had to work with, you know, I'm like, just go find a student that is probably your best bet and find yeah. some like because you can get the luck of the draw. Sometimes, you know, those uh, those beginners, they can do some great work, you know, like that. I mean, yeah. we all started from zero, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, that was us many moons ago, right? We were the ones. I mean, the first project I ever did was like 200 bucks. And it's better than to, what I did. <laughs> I, read a camera, I rented a camera and it cost me 250 bucks to rent, right? Uh, so I was like losing money on the thing. And, but I was so excited to have somebody pay me to do a video. I was like, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to rent a good camera. I'm going to get some lights. It's, it was, you know, I'm going to drive two and a half hours to this location. And, uh, 
you know. Meanwhile, only had money for the camera, not the lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I remember the first thousand that I got from a video project. I felt like I hit a cheat code in yeah. uh, by doing this. It's like, I'm actually getting paid for this. And yeah. while I was still in school, too, that was the crazy thing. And I'm like, wow. So I guess there meanwhile, is meanwhile, it was like governments like we're getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> we're <laughs> uh, yeah. there's another another. OK, so that was a funny story we had. We had a, a weird one come in just this week, actually. So, <laughs> so I was about to mention that. <laughs> yeah. So someone reached out to us. Actually, another thing I also added to our contact form is also the industry. Because it I, I actually like a lot of people reach out and you're, it, sometimes it's hard to figure out exactly which industry they're part of. So I was like, you know what? This is a mandatory question. You got to answer it, you know? Um, so I see it and it's like, okay, retired. So, okay, weird. Pers like it's a guy's personal email and whatnot. And he wants us to film like invasive thoracic cancer operation. He's like, On I have him? to get permission from my doctor to be able, so we can film it. it's 12 hours. Budget's like 5K. And I was like, this is the weirdest so, one so we've got in. Like, so there's so an update. He wanted you to film his his surgery. Yeah, he's his getting throat surgery. <laughs> he wants us to film it for 12 hours, and I was like, first of all, I can't do medical gore, so I was like, Carol, I'm out right away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Second of all, 12 but, hours. Like, can we even bring the camera in there? You like, actually, are not allowed for this. I actually uh, asked uh, I asked my girlfriend who works in a hospital, and because uh, she used to have to do this at one of her and one of the other hospitals she worked at. And she so said nasty. that there's so much red tape that, ha that you'd have to go through to do it. And like she, she was saying when she had to film stuff like she couldn't be in the room, she had to like be in full. Um, how do you say like um, the hazmat scrubs. suit? Yeah. yeah, scrubs and everything, you know, like everything sanitized and and, and then you just have to set it up there and then just like work uh, and operate everything remotely. And she was she was filming an eye surgery and she described it as just, you know, needles ah, poking out yeah, of yeah. jelly. It's, uh, it's awful, bro. Jesus I know, Christ. I know. I'm out of that like, no. one too. Yeah. No. Heights, no interest I'm not a height sky either. So I don't like Oh, really? That. Yeah. So you never gone like skydiving? Never been skydiving. Never been. You got to bring them, Carol. Oh yeah, we getting up on a step ladder makes me like hanging Christmas lights. <laughs> I, I've got a freaking bungalow here, right? So uh, even hanging Christmas lights on our gutter was was nerve wracking for me. See, he wanted to get a one floor house. He couldn't handle the height from two yeah. floors. <laughs> for sure. Well, one of my first jobs back in back in uh, was this this would have been university was college pro house painting, and uh, mm. we would have those like walkout backyards. So it's a two story house, but. We, when you're painting the back of the house, it's like a three-story house because it's a dugout. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay, yeah, yeah. You're painting, uh, you know, like gutters 30 feet up. And I was, oh I, I did that for one summer. And uh, that's where the vertigo came from, huh? I think so, yeah. <laughs> you look yeah. down one too many times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Feet on the ground. Better. Yeah. We, yeah. we did skydiving once. Uh, we just did it with another friend of ours just to kind of... Uh, We've yet you know, to edit the video the for it. Line. We're supposed yeah. to edit the video for it. We still haven't done it. Our friends still ask us every six months, like, so where the hell is the video? Like, we you tell guys them said next you week. We keep telling him next week. <laughs> for the last five years. <laughs> exactly. the time, right? I mean, I have so many, like, behind-the-scenes little films I've wanted to make and, uh, like, social content. Like, that. that's the one thing I'm hoping we can improve this year is is our social um same we're, we're so busy doing stuff for other other companies that we haven't 
we haven't dug into our own, you know, we'll post like once a month on Instagram or something. We've never posted. Oh, we're in the same, talk. we're in the yeah. same boat. We got to up our game. Because the problem is, is that we have, we all have these plans, you know, even if we have it planned out where it's like, okay, we'll post on this day, this day, and this day. So you're going to do it. Then all of a sudden the client is like, Hey, let's hop on a call to talk about things. And another call comes in and another call yeah. comes in. Then you have a shoot on a certain day. Then before you know it, two weeks have passed and you haven't posted yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you've missed like six meals and you don't know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't miss the meals. I, okay. I, <laughs> yeah. Priorities first, right? Yeah. Priorities always first. make sure gotta, we get fed. You yeah, always we make sure get we get fed. fed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we had a pretty big shoot yesterday. And so um, we, we, we had pre-ordered all of our food for lunch. And there was, I think there would have been like around 20 people on set. And so lunch was scheduled for one and we get um a notification at 12 30 that our order had been canceled and oh. you know we were half an hour from lunch all these people everybody's really hungry because we started at 7 a.m and so we had to do the we had to we had to do the pizza pivot and just bring in a bunch of pies and you know everybody was the best though man when you're hungry there's, like there's pizza no just tastes no. amazing it is the default. It is the savior of all saviors on sets. <laughs> Absolutely. Get it in fast and get a lot of it. Yeah. So. Get all those carbs in so that, you know, you're nice and, and stuffed. <laughs> yeah. You can have a nice uh, afternoon nap, basically. Oh, so last month uh, in January was uh, ironically the most busy we've ever been where we were filming almost every day from January 10th all the way yeah. until February 1st, which is which wow. was a first for us. That's and great, guys. Yeah. And one hilarious challenge that kind of we started running into because it was only Dario and I on set for those days uh, from the cruise side. You know, we had obviously talent and, and the client there, but was going to get food oh uh, because God. we were in we were in Dundas Square and young we in Dundas. Yeah. So let's pick out like one one spot that we'll just like go grab lunch from. And then the first few days, it was amazing. You know, this one sushi burrito spot. And then after after the first week, the second week is like, Oh, this is starting to get a little bit, a little no, bit no, no. Oh, I thought you were going to tell them the, the, the homeless people almost attacking us story. Oh, well, I mean, that's, that's a story for another day, but like, <laughs> we don't need to go on that tangent. Yeah. Right well, that's great uh, though. I mean, sounds like you guys are super busy. That's great. Yeah. Uh, nice. Chris, yeah. I wanted to go back a little bit and talk about uh, when you were doing remote shoots. I, I, I'm wondering, are you still doing anything or maybe you're capturing remote footage of like uh talent like so for example back in 2021 we did like quite a few videos where like we recorded them on zoom like i'm wondering if you're are you are you are you still seeing uh more of that now or is it just died down completely yeah so like 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 remote capture like this yeah um, yeah, yeah uh, less of it for sure uh, but we still do have a, a few things on the go. We use like we use um, Riverside, which is like a Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, okay. We, yeah, we like it because it actually captures natively to whatever device the subject's on, and then mm -hmm. uploads it to the cloud. So you get you get better audio, you get better picture. Right. Um, and it, it's a nice, easy to use platform. So. How, how's it, is it working well for you? Because we were actually, actually for the, the podcast, we were thinking about uh, either using Riverside FM or remotely, uh, yeah. or remotely something. Uh, but I, I was looking into it and a lot of people were saying it'll work amazingly well. 
eight out of 10 times. Yeah. So that's the part that scared me a lot is that those two out of 10 times, you know, for a guest, 20%. I'd hate to have to re repeat like a conversation because it won't be the same. And I can only imagine if you're doing this with like a client, I, I don't even want to have that type of conversation where we go like, look, there yeah. was a screw up. We have to redo it because then we'd have to do it at cost. And then also just like it would be so bad, like for our image. Right. Yeah, there, there is a little bit of risk of that. Like we haven't had any anything fail completely, but we've had people with like bad Internet connections where it took us like three, four days to get their files. Eventually. Oh, really? So, oh, wow. Like, those are really nervous, nerve wracking days because we, we have nothing. Right. Because it it uploads the whole thing once. Does it do it automatically? Like as soon as it's done, it, it automatically starts doing it or you, or they have to upload it manually? No, it, it automatically does it. But, and, and most of the time it's like, by the time you, you stop recording, it's at like 98%, then it's done in like 30 seconds. But oh, really? you can tell which ones are going to be trouble because you're like 20, 30 minutes in and it's at like 20%. You're like, oh no, uh, here we go again. <laughs> this is like rendering. Um, like for like two, like, like the old days when you'd have to render for like an hour and then yeah. that it's like at three, it's like 97% for like an extra 15 minutes yeah. and then it gets to a hundred percent, but it still doesn't close. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And it's nerve wracking because in this one case, it was, it was a testimonial for a client and they had to jump through all sorts of hoops to get this person to agree and then schedule it. And then yeah, it was a nerve wracking couple of days where he's like, where are the files? We're like, we're trying. Uh, we did eventually get them, but yeah. So, to, but to answer your question, yes, we're do still doing some of those, but less and less people are starting yeah. to get comfortable with, uh, with in-person stuff again. Yeah. I, uh, we had like one lead, um, uh, right now who was like asking about, you know, hiring local crews all throughout uh, the U.S. to film yeah. interviews. Uh, but I think once they saw the the price tag uh, of what that would cost, they were like, oh, why don't we just do it all <laughs> remotely on Zoom? It's like, OK, yeah, no worries. So, yeah. And but there's also an opportunity cost to these remote things um, where like so I'll do most of the interviews, for example, mm -hmm. and we'll have like a producer uh, running the sort of call. And then in some cases, I'll have an editor observing like one of our editors just so that they can make selects as we go so we can turn it around oh really that's a good one actually but then next thing you know um you've had three people burn the better part of a day for you know something that would be a fraction of, a, of an in-person shoot and then your email exactly. your inbox is piling up and others you know the opportunity cost is real yeah like i mean that interview uh time that you would take maybe what like an hour to conduct the interview on zoom 30 minutes set up, 30 minutes post or whatever. At the most, it'll probably be like two hours, but you can't really book a full day shoot on that day, right? Yeah. So <laughs> that is, like you said, that's the big opportunity cost. You know, it's yeah. like, that's why like we've tried to kind of schedule more people on, on the same day for that. But yes. unfortunately, everyone has different schedules. So like you had to you had to try to like be accommodating, you know, especially if you're interviewing people all over the U S you know, you're dealing with different time zones, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's a whole mess in that sense too. Yeah. But we have found some, some success in that will, will set the client up for success where we'll do the first video or first few establish look and feel establish sort of like a process and then 
teach them how to recreate that. So we'll sort of create a branding package for them and uh, we'll do the first video and then we'll just give them everything they need to continue on because um, they find a lot about, if they have internal uh, people that can handle something like that, like this simple edits, throw this animated logo on, throw these lower thirds on things like that. Um, that that's worked pretty well. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I guess it depends. It depends on the organization too, in terms of what resources they have, but yeah, it's definitely like type of content that at the end of the day, a lot of people can do it themselves if they have people willing to, to learn. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice. It's sort of like teach a man to fish and they will eat for, for a lifetime. Right. So mm-hmm. they, right. You no. Know, yeah. You're taking work out of your, out of your own schedule, but at the end of the day, it's what, what's best for them. What's easiest for them. That sort of stuff. Uh, I want to go back as well uh, to the fact that you've grown your team. Uh, how, like, how, how much do you think that's uh, helped you increase your output just by being able to do that? Like, do you find that you're able to take on like, like a hundred percent more work or like how, how much, how, how big of a difference has it made? Or has it, has it just been that now you can like relax a little bit? You're not too like, you're not stretched too thin. I mean, I was hoping I was going to relax more. It's, it's, it's more because now I've got, you know, more people to have daily meetings with and more projects on the go, but it definitely has increased our, our output. The, the biggest thing is that again, like filling up our pipeline and booking future projects doesn't, doesn't wait until we're done one project now. So, so we're, kind of filling up the pipeline as we're working on stuff. Um, so that's add, added quite a lot of capacity and, you know, our account manager ha- has tons of production experience as well. So they've also been able to help out with like, you know, producing projects. So, you know, helping us crew things up or cast or, you know, cl- just client relationships. And uh, we, we've, we've had a crazy first start of the year, just like we're, we're constantly, we have some stuff booked uh, out until October, November so far this year. And we're, we're fully booked until May at this point. So, wow. yeah, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more hours per week. Um, I think for all of us, but everybody at that level is incentivized by our success as well. So the more work we do, the you know, the more uh, remunerated everybody's going to be. And so that's, that's kept people pretty excited about keeping our pipeline full. And uh, it, it's, it's nice, it, you know, we all, it, it's great. Everybody is uh, excited to win projects now instead of like, oh man, now we have to do this. It's like, we get to do this. Yeah, no, that's great. We're, we're happy to hear that you guys are doing so well like that. And uh, congrats, man. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for sure. And same to you guys as well. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you guys are killing it and you guys are so much so much ahead of where I was at your stage and it's it's great to see you guys are really smart and doing it right. So uh proud of you guys. Thanks. Yeah, it's we're just crazy. we're just trying to learn as as much as we can. That's why we like talking to different different uh business owners just seeing their journey, what what they went through. It just it's been helping us a lot. But I feel like we could definitely always be doing more. <laughs> There's always like sometimes we slack off a little bit, but you know, at the end of the day, still better than where we were yesterday. So it's still good. 
and it's tough too. like as creatives, some of those like logistics things come secondary where we're like, we just really want to do something cool or think about something fun and put the admin stuff off. But um, I, I made this mistake like years ago where I, we're having a really good year. And then I took my foot off the gas and um, you know, our SEO suffered, our search suffered, our social suffered. And I, I promised myself that I would never do that again. And so for the most part, we've been able to, you know, do what needs to be done. Not everything that I'd like to be done, but you know, that's, that's any business, right? right? We, you're right. We could always be doing more, but that's, that's a great sign that you're thinking that way because it, it shows you're, you're looking to grow and, and do more and do better. Yeah. yeah. We, we have a lot of stuff planned this year. Like, um, for the SEO front, we are going to be focusing on writing a lot more blog articles because I find that that actually helped us out a lot. Yeah. And then we're also creating like blog content to accompany those blog articles. And that's actually been really helpful for us too. So like if we have like a, a how is a video made a yeah. blog article, for example, we'll, we'll just make its video version as well. Yeah, it's been like really good for getting us comfortable in front of the camera because we've we're we're actually in the process of redoing the earlier ones we did because yeah. upped our uh, production quality on those and also I think we did it at a time where the uh, barbers were still closed. So oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know if you remember, but I had I had super long hair back uh, last year, and I think yeah. it was like by November or so. I it was like time where I'm like, okay, I think it's time to just get rid of <laughs> you're you're right about the blogs though i mean yeah. i don't want to reveal too many of our secrets but um we've written a couple of blog posts that i never really gave much of a thought to i was like oh that's a that's a fun idea and um th this shoot that we did the last few days i think it i'm pretty sure it was a result of one of these strange blog posts where I believe the topic was here are the best like the the best dog commercials from the last decades and so kind of recapping from I think it was from like 2000 to 2021 and it was you know just a whole collection really well written for you know for dog lovers people that want to watch cute dog commercials um but it was you know I think it was 1500 to 2000 words lots of great embedded video lots of nice photos and it started ranking, I believe at one point, it was the number one result for people searching for best dog commercials or dog commercials. And which most of those people, they just want to see dog commercials. But, you know, one out of 100 may actually say, hey, we need a production company to shoot something with a dog in it. And so that's what our shoot was the last few days. And I believe it was a direct result of that, that single blog post. So the ROI on that, I mean. Oh, absolutely. Because that article essentially you positions you as an expert kind of, um, uh, how do you say it? An expert viewer on the content that is out there as well, where you're basically saying, this is what is out there. These are the ones that, that we as a company find are the best ones because of this, this, and this reason, this yeah. one's good because of this, this, and this reason. And so that actually just, even though the work is not necessarily yours, uh, uh, but some doing, of it was like, we, we, oh, threw okay. our, we threw one of ours in there. As oh, like, okay. Okay. So oh, yeah, at least nice. there's, at least there's <laughs> that, right. So yeah. you're at least part of it, but it's also, 
as a result, you're basically putting yourself at the same level as all the other great ones out there as well. And, uh, you know, it also kind of shows in a way your taste of what you think is good work. And that's, and that's what people will recognize, you know, like you said, most people are just looking for the content, but you're, you're looking for that one in a hundred. You like, that's, that's right. who you're, that's who you need because that one in a hundred could be, um, could be a long-term client. Freaking Spotify could, could be anybody. Right. Who knows, right. We actually got some leads that came in and I, I, uh, when I asked them which keywords they, they searched, that's actually one thing we started doing on, on our initial that's, lead that's calls. Cool. Yeah. Cause I was like, I, I've always been curious. It's like, how did they even find us? Right. And yeah. once half the time they tell me the words, I was like, Jesus Christ, how did you even come up with that? Like, it's like, the most rent- <laughs> like, how did you find us with those keywords? Right. Like there's some really weird ones. I should actually make a list of them all, but some of them yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I've written a blog article that was similar to that. And then when I asked them where we were on the, cause I also asked them where we were on the page. It'll be like one to the three or four. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Like I didn't expect that blog article to kind of lead into that. But yeah. The blog articles, the funny thing I found is that when I'm researching, I actually haven't written one since June, but we have several we're working on right now. Um yeah. the the things I was noticing when I was like trying to like research, like for example, like one of them that we have up is like, what is a promotional video, for example, right? So you just kind of Google that and then you see what other people wrote. And I would start to notice that everyone was kind of copying each other. It was so interesting. I was like, wait a minute. I've read promotional that. Video. Well, promotional video is this. It's the type of video that's promotional in nature made by the video. Nature. Were, I love that. <laughs> the, the funniest thing is that it was just they lit, like some people legit just copied other people's blog posts oh, yeah. to make their own blog posts. And I don't think they realized that like it's not going to help them in the long run because yeah. I Google just like suppresses that they, they, they see who published it first and then just push you down instead yeah. of the other way around. So, but it was just really funny when I was, <laughs> when I was trying to uh, see yeah. that. SEO is, it's like a lot of fun because you get like these like measurable results and, you know, kind of seeing what's working, what's not, how did this site outrank me for this like what are they doing it's a new website like what's going on are they you know being nefarious in their approach there's one website which we shall not name that's it yeah that that is uh like up there uh, on the first page of video production toronto and they are they are slipping though i have noticed that yeah okay because in fact funny story uh i'm pretty sure we're talking about the same folks uh oh yeah we we got a lead uh in our contact form from from this company but it was like like i knew it was from them and so they're they're asking us to price this job out and we're like no we need to have a call and they refused to have a call and it, it was just kind of funny to see see that oh, all. Wow. wait how did you know how did you know it was them uh the test the one testimonial they had on their site uh was this person reaching out for a quote so yeah oh wait are we talking about the one that has like no content yeah yeah one okay oh wow so they're fishing i figured i I actually i looked (laughs) into them and i found good on them for sure i I looked into them so if if you uh search their contact info it leads to like some seo website or some marketing website they're super sketch like 
I'm actually curious if anyone actually reaches out to them because they, they have like do. no video. It's just a bunch of words on their site. I don't get yeah. it. Like who's actually like getting in touch with them? Well, think about it like this. There have been people that have reached out to us, Dario, where I've asked them, like, have you had a chance to look at anything on our website? They literally haven't seen anything. They go straight to the contact form. I've had that happen many times. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. It's crazy how many times we've had a, a call with with a potential lead and we're saying, OK, so like anything on our portfolio that you really like that, like kind of. Exactly. Spoke, yeah. They're like, no, we haven't seen anything. It's like, it's Whoa. like, come on. So how did you get it? Like, why are you in touch? Like, I know, you know right? Because it's not their money. That's why. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's not their money. They don't care. But they're it's just, just looking weird, for an man. option. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, the, sure. the second it's their money, that's when the scrimping and savings starts to come through. You know, the second someone else's someone's wallet is open, that's when it's like, hold on, let me count every dollar that comes out. It's true. So what have you guys worked on in the last year that you're like most proud of any, any sort of projects that come to mind in terms of, Hey, I can't believe we pulled that off or I can't believe we made this or, you know, anything like that. Uh, I would, I would say last year uh, we actually uh, early on in the year, I think it was like in February or March, we finally got to do cross the item off the bucket list of doing a project with a Ferrari. We just, uh, we oh, just yeah. Wanted, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I keep forgetting that that was early last year because it's like it the it was such four. A, what is what is it called? The four eight eight Evo. Is that I, the I one? I don't remember the exact uh, number model or whatever. But it was yeah. It, it was like Instagram. a supercar. It was awesome it was like, though. It was like one of those Ferrari supercars uh, that we were doing for like this workshop video um, at uh, uh, with the wind tunnel, and oh, yeah. and uh, we we just thought okay perfect finally we get to cross this off of our bucket list you know because we've been wanting to do that for a while. And it was yeah. just nice to kind of like get that, you know, out of the way. So it's like, okay, next time we do a Ferrari project. Okay. So it's, it's another cool project to do whatever, no big deal. But we just, that was, that was probably the first cool project that we worked on last year. Nice. Yeah. And it, we did like a pretty big, big one for that. Cause it was, uh, uh, it was like a full on like lesson they were doing. Uh, this, this was for um, Ace Wind Tunnel in participation with Ontario Tech University. So it was like a full, like, course that they did on it it was like 30 minutes long it was, it was a workshop it was a workshop that's right yeah. yeah yeah it was a and it was awesome man that car is that car yeah. is beautiful and that that red no matter how many pictures we took of it it just doesn't capture it like what it is in real life it's just, I just oh, it's I, a nice car i just wish they fired it up in the wind tunnel they couldn't do Ooh, that that was the that only thing that was the only thing that we couldn't do while we were there um which was like fired up because they were just trying to show how wind passes through these cars and how it like you know yeah. kind of like goes through all the aerodynamics and that's what what the focus was more so of so that's why they didn't opt i think they have for... a i think it's in uh the video on our home page now yeah yeah it's it, yeah it's yeah, there, right yeah. There. Yeah. yeah we can send it to you if you want to take a look at it later yeah. it was a fun one that's cool yeah so working with supercars no big deal you know yeah, no big deal right <laughs> whatever what about you yeah I feel like this Mexico one we we pulled off like was was a big accomplishment because it was on and then it was off and then it was on yeah. but then we only had 10 days to put it together and uh yeah like it fully confirmed that having the expanded this would not have happened without those extra team members and uh, it just made me like really really proud um to have people you know 
putting these things together and really grateful for a great team. And uh, yeah, just to travel with that many people with that much stuff in the, in the climate that we're in. And uh, yeah, it was, that was a big accomplishment. And it was, we shot, um, it was some light, like sort of luxury lifestyle content. So we spent a couple of days in a $25 million house on the ocean. And then oh. also a, a, a bit of a mega yacht. Uh, wow my god what was it what was the product it was a luxury you said right yeah so uh the clients uh engel and volkers they're the luxury a luxury real estate brand and so we do all of their north american work and uh we told most of their story in and around the gta so within like three hours of toronto we shot uh, a bunch of stuff last year and we needed to have like a beach episode these are like little vignettes of people just living luxurious moments and so we're like we've got to go somewhere where there's a beach and um one of their one of the people we need a we need a mega yacht too while we're at it can do woodbine beach you couldn't do woodbine beach (laughs) that's what i said you know in the summer there's a couple places in like niagara region that that actually can play as Korean, but uh really yeah like um i want to say crystal beach looks kind of you can cheat it as sort of like a you know a caribbean type destination if you find the right house but yeah it was this shoot was really cool just to see how people like that live and uh it was the owner of the house as our subject but then they they brought their friends in to sort of fill out a dinner party scene and oh wow it was like the point one percent at the there's there's so many levels that I understood, you know, even this person with this huge, huge mansion, uh, you know, they, they weren't the richest person in that room by far. Oh so it was God. really, wow. interesting. Okay. imagine being part of that friend group. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I certainly did not fit in. I was wearing a bathing suit that day. So, uh, <laughs> you know. well, you know, you could have, you could have pretended to be the, even like the most richest person in there. Cause it's like, the richest when you're that the level clothes. of rich, you don't yeah. care. Like, look at Steve Jobs. He just went around with the same clothes all the time. Yeah. No what are they too. Like guys in jeans work for guys in suits who work for guys in jeans. Right? <laughs> yes. And it's but true. What jeans? That's the key. What That's type right. of jeans? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So That's that was funny. cool. Yeah. It was just, you know, just really proud of the team. And uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a world, absolute whirlwind and came back really tired from that. But, you know, it was great. But that was 2022. This wasn't 2021, though. <laughs> I don't think we could have pulled it off in 2021. Yeah. I oh, think, right. Because uh, you said it was like flip-flopping, right? You guys pretty much were starting it like midway through the year or something. And then yeah. it took a while, we, right? We were supposed to shoot it at the end of uh, end of last year. And then, you know, just scheduling didn't work for yeah. them. And then it didn't work for us. And then we shouldn't go because, uh, you know, because there was another COVID spike, right, with Omicron. Yeah and um you know and it was a bit of a risk to to bring a team down there but you know we we all discuss all the risks and so what happens if somebody has to stay here for an extra five or ten or however many days what does that look on like? the yacht why not i'll take the <laughs> Absolutely. hit yeah. yeah that mansion there's got to be a quarantine room somewhere in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was funny though uh, the hotel we were staying at down there was the same hotel that this like large Netflix show was all staying at. And their home base was like pretty much outside of, of the parking lot of this hotel. And um, yeah, they, they took 
all of the resources that uh, that Cabo had for film and television. So you couldn't make crazy. an appearance on Love is Blind or uh, what is it? <laughs> This one was, uh, I believe this was titled F Boy Island. We already know. We already know what that show is about. Season two I know for sure. Our girlfriends Season are going to love two. it. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's it a big show. They, I think they looked like they had a crew of like at least a hundred. And uh, what was interesting though, they brought all of their extension cords in as well. There was a guy in customs the same time as us going through like the gear list. And he had a big duffel bag that would that he, he had flown in from California that was all extension cords because the <laughs> got on they're taking on, all the electricity on that island <laughs> oh it was crazy you can't get extension cords down there I, maybe we didn't look in all the right places but that, that was one of the strange quirky little things about uh no local home depots <laughs> yeah there's yeah. no home depot okay Chris so going forward into 2022 what do you foresee uh as some of the challenges you'll be facing i think like kind of what we've been talking about which is finding the time to work on svg versus like in it um so like really carving out time to work on social or blogs or team building um you know things like that and yeah just like finding really good, meaningful work, meaningful work that like pays the bills, but stuff we get excited about. Cause that's what this is all about, right? You yeah. want to get excited about what you're working on and, uh, you know, have people really proud of like the things we've made. And yeah, I, I think that's the, that's the key. Also throwing a party this year. That's, that's big on my list. It's been a couple of years <laughs> since we got a chance to do that. So just, you know, getting everybody together and, you know, telling some stories and having some laughs and having a few beverages and just, you know, toasting, uh, toasting everybody surviving a, a really strange time. Uh, um, yeah. Well, history. chapter two is starting for that with the Russian war. So it'll be interesting. Oh. We're done with COVID. Now there's a war. <laughs> I hope, I hope it ends soon. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's very surreal seeing that. It is surreal. And yeah, I feel like it's a new era in, in Europe right now, right? It's now like the peace time is over, at least at this moment. And yeah, it's, Kirill, totally to your point, you were saying, like, it's, we are sitting here, here we are talking about all, all this great creative stuff and those terrible things are happening uh, on the other, other side of the world. And it's, it's weird. It yeah. puts things into perspective, you know, and like, and you know, when things like that happen, you just kind of like reflect a little bit on, you know, like, on how things are, you know, and makes you like grateful for, you know, you have your health, at least, you know, you have your family and your friends, you know, and the people you like the, the people you were close with, you know, you gotta, you gotta really be grateful for that and cherish that. Cause you know, like other people are, they're suffering. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What about we're you guys? Gonna... What are you, oh, what are you guys looking to, uh, to, you know, to, to work on this year, focus on? Uh, well, for let's... sure. We're going to keep, focusing on our SEO and marketing. So again, we kind of let it, uh, left it on the waist. I think we, we haven't done proper SEO stuff since we set it up. Like we set it up, we started doing it like January to June. And then we kind of got a little lazy on that front, but a little bit here and there. Str strangely, it kept reaping the rewards. Like it actually like kept escalating without yeah. us even doing anything. Like we, that's the, beauty like the of stuff it. we, yeah, like, like the stuff we had on there. It really compounds with time and yeah. 
you know, when people continue to find stuff and backlink to it, it increases your rank, all, all yeah. that beautiful. Yeah, like, like we're consistently getting 15 to 20 like homepage clicks a day, which is interesting. Like Monday to Fridays, I noticed Saturdays and Sundays it, it dips down. It's, sure, it's yeah. interesting though, because you could see everything on Google Analytics, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this year we're really planning on doubling down on that and being, again, more consistent with it. Uh, so yeah, like I think in terms of technical SEO, we've done everything we needed to do. We're just going to be focusing more on creating more blog content because yeah. I feel like that's pretty, like after a certain point, that's all you, you really should be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, just adding the video vlogs in accordance to them as well. Like, so for each one, they're going to have their own vlog. Uh, then also, being more active on social, um, what else, Carol? Yeah. Also like to what you were saying, Chris, you know, like trying to find more, trying to find those projects and, and work, you know, that, you know, is a little bit more like kind of like meaningful or like exciting type work. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we have to do work that pays the bills, but at the end of the day, we also, we jumped into this industry to create a story or to tell good stories and, um, you know, just like create work that we're really proud of, you know, and, you know, like every now and then we get to do that, which is great. Uh, okay. but you know, it's trying to find more and more of that. That's the goal. For sure. And you can, you, even in the seemingly non-creative project, you can find all sorts of things to get excited about, right? Whether it's yeah. something technical or using a new piece of equipment of or turning something that's seemingly not that exciting into something that gives them a lot of value. And uh, yeah, that like always find some, always get something going with each project, something to get excited. Yeah. I think yeah. we need to think small. Of- I think we need to maybe like visualize the kind of products we want to do. Cause I noticed anytime, like I've done that for our business, like it's not to sound like, like a mystic or whatever, but it, it kind of has happened. Like, like yeah. I like to visualize like where I want our company to be or where I want myself to be. And it kind of does happen. Cause I start to set those things in motion. So yeah, I think we need to maybe think about like exactly the type of projects we want to do. And I'm noticed uh, another thing too, is that we're doing, uh, we're, we're going to be bringing on a lot more people to the podcast. So, and we are looking inter- at international companies too. And I'm starting to notice as I look at more and more companies, reels and everything, there's yeah. a lot of cool projects that I oh, want yeah. us to be doing as well. And yes. I think we just need to focus a bit more on that. Cause we have been focusing a little, we need to too much on the administrative side of things. Yeah. Like we've been like, essentially the last two years, we focused a lot on the foundation of laps and like setting it up for future growth, which is good. Yeah. And we're definitely now on the way to that, but now it's time to go back to where we want to be and, and start doing more of these like creative projects. Like we, like I've built a library of like so many great projects that I've seen over the years. And it's just like, wow, there's really inspiring stuff out there. You know, like how can we find other projects like these, you know, or like opportunities to, to tell stories like that, because, you know, those are very important stories too. Right. For sure. And like, I, so I watch a lot of like creators on YouTube and um, like Daniel Schiffer, for example, a a guy out of Toronto, he does these unbelievable, you know, product marketing videos where he'll just find like something in his cabinet and make a really cool product video. And he's, he's even done ones where he's like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I've got expensive equipment and knowledge and, you know, resources. What if I just took you know, this product made it on Canva, something that anybody can use, sort of like a really easy, you know, uh, design platform. And 
I get inspired by that. It's, uh, you know, stuff yeah. you can do with almost nothing and almost no skill set, And that stuff's really cool. Yeah. That's one I thing we want to start doing more as well. Like, uh, I actually had this idea where we could, uh, I want us to just make spec spots for companies or products or services that don't really exist. Like, like they could exist, but that particular brand doesn't, we'll just make it up. Yeah. We'll make up its own, like, like slogans or taglines. And the cool thing is that my girlfriend's a graphic designer. So I could just get her to like create the logo for us. Yeah. Then we'll just Bootleg pretend it's Starbucks. an actual thing. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of Pepsi, it's Popsy, you know, yeah. Starbucks is Starbucks. I actually <laughs> had a funny, I had a, a really funny one for a, a coffee shop. A like, we'll, we'll actually make it. It's really easy to do. And yeah. I had like a really funny like tagline for it. But uh, yeah, that's another thing we want to do. Is Stay well. More tuned. creative Stay stuff. Tuned. Okay. Yeah, actually, you know, that that project we've been working on for England Volkers. So that so I talked about pitching creative, how that's like a no-no, but it has worked out because I remember we, we pitched that in 2020 and I, I did the whole thing where I pitched them the full creative with storyboards and music. And we ended up winning that against mostly us agencies and the tagline i came up with was live your luxury and now they've since trademarked that and they're using it globally oh, so nice wow nice it's cool to see you know see like see that out in the wild and uh yeah so you know the passion and the the idea paid off on that one but we had the right people in the room who were the growth-minded decision makers and uh yeah. you know that was huge actually this thing we're, we're doing in Vegas next week, they've invited me to, to be a keynote speaker at their big sort of, wow. sort of yearly event. So I'm, I'm sweating because AIDS. <laughs> oh my God. I haven't done a presentation without track pants on in a very long time. And, um, but so the topic I've chosen is like sell with story and I came across this really interesting story that I think you guys would appreciate. Um, do, have you heard of the Significant Objects Project? No. Mm, no. Okay. So let me just find the, the name of this, of this guy. So um, one second here. Where is it? Here we go. So these two guys, Rob Walker and Joshua Glenn, they're sort of social scientists. And um, in, was it 2009? I believe it was in 2009, um, they wanted to put to, put to the test, um, can you actually sell more with story? You know, everybody talks about the power of storytelling and you need to tell better stories. Um, and it releases cortisol and uh, other, you know, other, things into the brain and so it impacts humans but they said can we quantify this so what they did is they went on ebay and they bought 100 items uh and just trinkets right so coffee cups oven mitts little little tchotchke statues things like that all for you know on average about a buck a piece right they spent 125 dollars on 100 items and then instead of just relisting those items on ebay what they did is they got a bunch of writers to write stories about these objects. Now, like the stories weren't, uh, they were made up stories, but nothing talking about saying like, oh, this is a, this is a priceless 
of admit owned by, you know, owned, owned by the Kennedys. It was more like, um, you know, the, this is something my, the last thing my aunt gave to me or just sort of telling personal stories about these objects. Yeah. Wow. And so they reposted the, the items for sale with these stories and the results were amazing. Um, on average, uh, you know, like a shot glass they bought for a dollar, they sold for $76, you know, uh, a little horse, my little pony, they bought for a buck, they sold for $104. And so wow. on average, they, uh, they spent $125 on these hundred items and they sold them for uh, $3,600. So an wow. ROI of like, I think it's 2,800 percent that's so, pretty good wow you all get ready we're going on ebay right after uh brush up on your storytelling skills there we go honestly we have a lot of our own stuff you know like instead of this doing tripod cells this tripod napoleon used it to take a photo <laughs> napoleon <Yeah>. right <laughs> i just found that really interesting right because uh it's cool though. connect to like something behind it and i think that's you know same with like nfts they're all just stories right what's the yep. story behind this project or this team or whatever and so i think that's like a, a more modern kind of version of that but uh yeah i think that's you know i'm i'm excited to tell this group of people about this about this uh significant object project and help them maybe tell better stories to sell more real estate so that'll be that that's, that's, that's really great. awesome man yeah. like honestly like is it like uh you said it's going to be in person are they going to have like a live showing of it or like uh, a recording afterwards or no i so i'm bringing a team down we're, we're going to record it for sure um nice. oh, you got it man like it's is it your I was, first i was going to say like can we a, tune in uh, we would love yeah. to li we would love yeah, to be, I'm, I'm sure be able to say so it's i've got to fill i think it's like 20 minutes um but it's in front of 1200 people and Oh you know, I'm God, sweating. My so slides stressed. aren't quite ready yet. So I'm Look, do you need to do a couple more of these podcasts, you know, to get you in the, in, yeah. the, in the swing of things? <laughs> Which date is it? When are you doing it? Doing it on, uh, March 6th. Okay. So, oh, that's, uh, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty soon. That's yeah. Soon. Oh, oh, okay. He's, well, he's going to yeah, Vegas, so. right? He's doing it. Okay. There. Well, you know what? We're, uh, we're actually launching this, uh, on Monday or something like that. So We'll definitely like share it on our, on our, uh, on our page yeah. when you do it. Yeah, yeah. Post it. We'll, we'll share it. I'm sure our listeners sure, will like yeah. it. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be listening. They're going to be finding out about this after it's done, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll again, like that's really testing my nerves and getting up in front of that many people and, you know, trying to deliver value to them, not just tell them what I think is interesting, but get them you know, excited about what they just learned and maybe try to apply some of those things uh, that we talked about. So fingers yeah. crossed. That's, that's honestly great to hear, man. And, uh, you know, we look forward to like seeing like more of like the work that you do this year. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll all get to grow together as yeah. well. And uh, I think this might be like a, I, I don't know if there's anything else, Dario, on your end, but I think this might be a good kind there, of There's more, to, but you know what, listen, we, Chris, we'll do another Chris episode. Chris is a friend of the show. He's welcome back anytime. And we'll probably bring you back on in like <laughs> six months or so, like just to see like what else has come up in that meantime, or even sooner. Like, yeah, it'd be great. I, I appreciate, appreciate that. and appreciate you guys. And uh, you guys are awesome. And we'll probably get together maybe for a couple of beverages before that. Who knows? Right. Of course. Like the local of course. again. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Great. Well, guys, I, I, you know,
you know, really happy to catch up with you and really glad all is well. And you guys are happy, healthy, busy. Uh, keep it up. You guys are crushing it. You Thank too, you. man. You Thank too. You. Uh, let us know where the next destination will be after Vegas. You know, we'll create a, a little map for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, guys, have a great weekend. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up soon and uh, all the best.